Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ben and Chris Talk Football. I am Chris. And I am Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the NFL. And Ben, this is all about decisions. Yes. We have our fantasy football playoff preview show we're doing. Right. Before we get to that. There's something we need to touch on. Yeah, and it's the difference between good decisions and bad decisions. Right. And the bad decision is not from a surprising source. No. Would you care to enlighten everybody? I think I think we've dug this well enough, but it just seems like he just keeps going down that uh, down that road. Uh, it's Cleveland. Uh, old Fred Kitchens decided to wear a shirt that said Pittsburgh started it. Yes. And then someone took a picture of it. I guess it was the guy that made the shirt. And sent it on Instagram. And of course, like everything else in Cleveland, it was a discussion at at least one press conference, probably two. The point of it is that it's a discussion that doesn't need to be had. Because it was something he didn't need to do. Correct. It's That's, just it's it's bad leadership. It's compounding every other issue and it makes him look even worse. It makes him look like he doesn't run the show, and it makes the Miles Garrett situation kind of just his fault. Everything is his fault. If you had a more efficiently run system with a more responsible head coach, instead of someone who seemingly just wants to dig his head into the playbook and just call the plays on offense, and that's it. Well, I don't know. I understand what you say when when, when you say – it's his fault. Miles Garrett's a grown man. Yeah. He's responsible for his own bad choices. But he fosters this environment. No, and I, I, that, 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 that's what I wanted to say. Not for me. I know what you meant, but I wanted to clarify if people out there listening didn't think you're trying to say Pretty Kitchens is responsible for Miles Garrett's actions. The environment he did, the environment he fosters. And I disagreed with you when we talked about that. Yep. After it happened, yep. the, the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph fight. Well, not really a fight, but. Clubbing. Yeah, an attempted clubbing at least. I disagreed with you saying, nope, Freddie Kitchens was not to blame. This is not on him. But you know what? After seeing this, I have to retract that. He, you know, he clearly was more interested in whether it was a fan or a local artist. I don't know who it was who made the shirt. He was more interested in getting a reaction out of them and a, a momentary 15 seconds of fame online for the oh wow he went there oh he did that oh he's so cool than he is about being a long-term good example for his team baker mayfield who i have been critical of before came out and said there's no excuse for that and he acted like the leader that freddie kitchens should have been in that situation and i have i lost all respect for freddie kitchens you're not talking about a coordinator or a player or the fans even the team deciding to sell that shirt, which is dumb enough anyways. And I don't know if they did or not. I'm just saying if. You're talking the guy who's supposed to set the tempo off the field and on the field for the franchise. It's not the GM. It's not the owner. The guy who is most seen from a leadership position on a football team is the head coach. And he, it was a terrible example. It was a terrible decision. I, I don't know how he thought. 
That was not going to end poorly. Not well, end. That's the problem. He didn't think. Yeah, well, exactly. But that's you can't have that with somebody who's supposed to be the leader of your team. I am not for head coaches one and done. I I didn't like Steve Wilkes getting axed last year by the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not for it. And we're not going to get into the Jets, but uh, Adam Gase can be piggybacked on this same person. Well, based on previous record. I right. Mean, that's what Gase situation. Both of these two, gone. Freddie Kitchens needs to be gone. If you are the GM or if you're the owner, you need to make a decision right now. Are we going to let Freddie coach this guy for another season? Because we think we have our – we finally have our franchise quarterback. Are we going to let Freddie Kitchens continue to be this way? Or are you going to be able to bring in a D.C. that can kind of help Freddie Kitchens along? Because at this point, if you didn't bring him in beginning of the season and you're going to do it in the year two, kind of doesn't make sense to me. You have to move on. I'm not for a one and done for a head coach, but this is one of those exceptions where you have to say, move on. You're done. You're not responsible enough. All the, You're talking about T-shirts and mustaches on press conferences, and it's a waste of time. You know what the worst part about it is? He doesn't play on the field, but the team that actually does had started to play pretty well. Yeah, they get came out of that Pittsburgh game. They won that Pittsburgh game. Yep, they won a few in a row. They were looking good. They were looking a little bit like the team we thought they were going to look like going into the season. And then he gives the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are a very proud and historic franchise, yep, That'd massive bulletin board material prior to a big division game in Pittsburgh. And this is the head coach. Like, I didn't like it a couple of years ago when Matt Patricia for the Patriots, when he was the defensive coordinator, came out and wore the Roger Goodell clown nose. It's fine if a fan wants to wear it. If a company wants to make money selling, that's fine. And I have no love for, you know. He got lucky. He didn't. He, he got a job. He did. But I guarantee you, when he got in of that meeting, the owner was like, yeah, this stuff ends. Like, no more of that. And I guarantee you, Belichick told him that wasn't cool. Because that, that didn't get by Belichick. He did that on his own. And Belichick probably saw it for the first time with the rest of us. Right. But Patricia was lucky that he was on his way out. Because I guarantee there would have been a very deep conversation between Bill and Patricia uh, beginning, of the, beginning of the next season. Whenever, the, whenever they meet up. There's a deep conversation of, I don't care that it was after the Super Bowl, after we won, all that stuff going on. We're not doing that. No, no, you can't. You can't have that. You have to be people who are going to represent your team from a leadership standpoint. Have right. to be the most professional people in the franchise. And and to add to your point about the Cleveland Browns, they had beaten the Buffalo Bills, and then beat the Steelers, and then went not that big of a deal, but they beat the Dolphins. They won a three game winning streak. And then we have to poke the bear. Mm-hmm. Did we need to? Because you're, if you win this game, you're 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 six and six, and you're right in the playoff discussion. And and two two of your last no, 
two of your last four games against the Bengals, and you have the Cardinals on your on your list. So you're feasibly looking at nice record, possibly getting the playoffs. You're looking at a possible nine and seven record. And now, I, yeah, going in. Now you're it. a joke. Yeah, I would say there's a chance that they split with the Bengals. The Ravens will kick them, and who knows what Cardinals will show up. But yeah. if this team isn't focused. And if they think they're out of the playoffs, if they lose to the Bengals this weekend and they're out of the playoffs, Cardinals will come in and roll all over them. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, let's do that. Because we always like to balance out the good and the bad here Absolutely. on the show. So we have the negative in Freddie Kitchens acting unprofessional. Yep. And then you have the opposite. Uh, Bruce Arians. Uh, he was asked today. Uh, today? I believe it was today or yesterday. Uh, because he came out of retirement because of Jameis. That's why he said he wanted to come in. He could fix him. He could help him. He could be sort of a quarterback whisperer. And they have declined to say whether they have plans for him after 2019. And there's rumors that they're not still not sure. So he was asked if ownership requested uh, an evaluation this week would he say unequivocally that Winston is Tampa Bay's starting quarterback going forward? He said, I'm going to pass on that one, and I'm going to wait until the end of December. Basically, he took that question and said, move on. Well, here, like I said, this is the opposite end of the spectrum. Right. When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got Bruce Arians to agree to come out of retirement yep. for whatever reason, they knew they were going to get a head coach who would act professional in the right situations. Right. Might get fired up, might get upset, might get a little feisty, might get snippy, but you're not going to see going to see Bruce Arians out there on a practice field uh, with Jameis Winston's poor stat line printed on his T-shirt. You're not going to see him uh, wearing something, a bandana that says, bye-bye, Jameis. <laughs> you know? He did exactly what you should do in a situation. Whether they have... Uh, discussed extension? Will they have discussed what will happen after the season? I am very certain from watching Bruce Arians and the way he conducts himself, he knows what he wants to do. I mean, he benched Ronald Jones because he missed a blitz pickup that caused a sack, a strip sack. And he came out and said, no, he's still our starting running back. He just made a mistake. He was punished for it in a correlating manner. Mm Mm-hmm. But now we're moving on to the next game. He's a starter. Learn from his mistakes. And if he still makes the same mistake, if he still can't make that blitz pickup, then obviously they'll go another direction. But right. it's like, I'm not going to reward you because if you make a, a mess up a play, a pretty big play, he has a clear direction of what he wants to do. He has a history in the league of what he can do. He led a team to the Super Bowl. He... Took over for um, Chuck Pagano when he was sick. Led that team to the playoffs. I think this is how you conduct yourself. This is how you answer questions. Um, in the same breath that Ron Rivera was, you know, had to ask question, uh, answer questions about Cam Newton. Uh, Bruce is doing the same thing. He's just leaving it for uh, you know the end of the season. We're playing it out. And he's treating every game from this point on as playoff games, as he should. 
Because people, just because they're not really in the hunt, I mean, I guess they're not mathematically limited, but they're probably out. People have to play play for jobs. That's exactly it. Like you said, he's he's evaluating everybody right now. But it, this isn't just play out the rest of the season and then we'll go to the offseason and we'll figure it out around free agency and the draft. No, he's preparing for the future. He's watching every move Jameis makes. And I think the reason Jameis hasn't even been close to being benched, unlike last year where it was back and forth with him and Fitzpatrick, is because Bruce Arians knows how to deal with quarterbacks. Right. He resurrected Carson Palmer's career in Arizona. Yes. And I believe Bruce Arians when he says he b- wants to fix Jameis. Right. Now, the record hasn't always shown it, and Jameis has a, an abysmal number of turnovers this season. It's it's over 20. which it, is It's uh, 20. Exactly 20? Yes. Okay. It that's, is a league high, but it's 20. That's just not acceptable. That's awful, which Jameis and Bruce Arians both know. Right. But he has to see something to not even discuss benching him. He knows better than that. He knows when the if he goes in there like the last coach did and just flip-flops back and forth, you're going to lose your team's respect. You're going to lose your their belief in you. Right. You have to say... Like with the Ronald Jones situation. Okay, you got benched for the time being, but now it's over. Come back. You learned your lesson. You're going to do better next time. Yep. Doesn't carry on with it. Bruce Arians isn't worried about uh, Jameis Winston's mustache or who started the fight that caused the penalty. Bruce Arians is concerned about the future of the football team he plans on coaching, and he wants the best players there to do that. Right. He turned Arizona from pretty mediocre team to a Super Bowl to, contender. Yeah, a contender year in and year out with him. And the minute he left, they fell apart again. Right. Guy knows what he's doing. Well, in all in all fairness, Carson left too. Oh, well, it wasn't just him. But Carson yeah. probably would have stayed if Bruce Arians stayed. Well, I would venture that's probably I mean, I know. Guy. I don't know the timeline between Arians announcing his retirement and, and Palmer announcing his. But I, I would have to think if Carson Palmer came out. And said, I'm going to retire. And Bruce Arians said, ah, oh, come on back. One more season. Come on. Right. Larry Fitzgerald's going to be here. We got David Johnson, this and that. It may have swayed him. But when he knew he was going to have to start over with a whole new coach, a whole new staff, a whole new playbook, nah, I'm good. I'm not taking that abuse and I'm beating on a 2-14 and 14 team. Right. Well, it's that time of the year. The most one. Well, draft it, day is the, the most. It's the second yeah. most wonderful time of the year. Okay. Tied for second. No. No, no. You have 1A no. and 1B. 1A no. and 1B, you have Christmas and draft day. And okay. then okay. playoff time is the second most wonderful time. Okay. I will cede that. Okay. Because there's no way, no way draft day is anything lower than one. Oh, absolutely not. No way. But it is playoff time, folks. Uh, unless you are a crazy league that doesn't start till week 15 or 16 and you play your playoffs in 16 and 17 it's playoff time so we're going to digest it a little bit uh, give our opinion on what you should and shouldn't do Um, we'll do our usual banker tank uh, but we're going to dive into uh, some pitfalls some opportunities you might have and we're going to start with uh, a quick breakdown Uh, you want to start with ours Sure. Right. Start with ours. What we do. I mean, 
we think it's our uh, normal. I got um, from what I can tell, it's it's kind of an odd format, but it works for us. So, what do you mean odd format? Well, apparently, because I have I'm in three leagues, and two of the leagues use the same format. That is really strange because I have only seen one other league. And what, what he's talking about is our league is weeks 1 through 13 is the regular season. Right. And week 14 and 15 are two playoff rounds. It's only an 18 league. It's an 18 league with family and friends. Right. And, you know, larger leagues will either require less playoff spots or more weeks if there's more playoffs. I'm also in a 12-team league where eight teams make the playoffs, which seems a little high to me. But that, that is a little high. That's how it is. I don't. I don't think... Two-thirds of the league should make the playoffs, but whatever. But week 1 through 13 of the regular season, 14 is essentially our conference championship. 15 is our, our championship game. Yep. And 16 and 17, we just don't play. We don't play because a lot of times, by week 16, teams that have really, really good fantasy players that have locked up positions are not starting those players. Right. So you could go through the entire season, play well, make the playoffs, and then not have your your stud top performers because their real-life team did so well. And obviously you can't blame them for that. Real-life team is not going to risk injury. So, you know, as big a business as it is, it's not attached directly to the team's actual performance. They're trying to win Super Bowls. So... I I found that most I I've actually never seen a league start past week 13. That's every and I'm not saying that's every league but every league I've ever been in that I've heard of. Yeah. 1 through 13 regular season. That's it. Yeah. And then whatever your format is after that for the playoffs it starts week 14. Now you're in something a little bit different. I have, I have so I'm in two leagues. <clears throat> a 10 team and a 12 team. They both start week 14 playoffs. But somehow both of these leagues have the same playoff format where week 14 and 15 is the first week of the playoffs and week 16, 17 is the second week of the playoffs. Now, shout out to us if it if you think that's the normal or if what we do in our league where it's 14, 15 is only the playoffs is the normal. Um, let us know what, you, what, what your story is and, and how you play it. Uh, I don't – I agree with Chris 100%. You steer clear of week 17. It's just like in baseball. We steer clear of the last three weeks of the season because it just doesn't make sense to ride with a Lamar Jackson for the season and then in the, you're in the championship game and you're relying on him to get your, his normal 25 to 30 points – and they yank them, and now you're screwed. So now the the best team possibly with the best player is not going to win because the league decided we're going to play week 17. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, absolutely right. And the thing about it is by if you were in a league and you play week 17 for the playoffs, you need to – contact your commissioner right now and ask them what is wrong with them. Right. Because you just, it's, 
I've seen it before where players go out and they play two or three, you know, series, and then they're done. They're on the bench the rest of the time. They get a couple reps in, and that's it. Right. No matter what, because it, the game doesn't matter, they're not going to risk getting injured. Now, I'm in a situation, as we stated last episode. Yep. Ben and I are playing each other in the first round. That is correct. Of our fantasy league this weekend coming up. Now, I was fortunate enough to have Christian McCaffrey as a keeper. I picked up Lamar Jackson off waivers. Right. I have those two guys. I also have two guys who are injured in Julio Jones and Adam Thielen. Right. Supposedly, they're both coming back. Supposedly. Now, I am more concerned about Julio than I am Adam Thielen because if Adam Thielen's healthy enough to play, he'll play. The Vikings are in are neck deep in the playoff hunt. And they are going to want their best players on the field. Right. The Falcons aren't going anywhere. Doesn't mean they're not going to play for pride. Doesn't mean they're a horrible, you know, well, they, they had an awful season. But Julio Jones takes pride in his game. That's why he's missed so few games throughout his career despite always being on the injured list. Right. Or having an injured designation. <clears throat> but this may be a Falcons decision, not a Julio Jones decision. They may say, eh, if you can't play this week, you only have three more. Don't risk it. We'll see you in 2020. And that's that's the first point we're going to bring up. Is this is the time right now to stock up your bench. Because you're not going to get the opportunity between week 14 and 15. Unless, you, unless we're talking about clear injuries across the board that cause rookies or second stringers to be promoted to starting positions. You need to build that bench now because Chris needs to Chris to Chris's point. He needs to have a person. If he, unless he already has it on his roster, a person in case Julio can't go ready to slide in that. Spot. Yeah. Cooper cup on line one. We're all set. Okay. We're well, good. And that's the point we have to make is, is in this deeper leagues, these 10, 12 team leagues, yeah. You need to have your bench already because you're going to you're going to during the season you have people switching people in and out dropping players because of injuries bye weeks um players aren't getting opportunities so they're not seeing it and they drop a player you're not going to see that in playoffs your consolation ladder are all the players that didn't make the playoffs usually usually it's the rest of the league um You're not going to have those waiver wire gems. No, no. Because they're going to sit on those rosters. And if a player, perfect example, my 10-team league, I faced a guy in the last week. He played three players. He's been doing that for weeks. His entire bench is full of players, players that can play, not I... injured reserve players. And we're going to we're gonna get to that point, too. Yeah. Um, but they're players. Well, guess what? He's given up. So now all those players are stuck on that team. They'll never get dropped until the end of the season. This is and why you need to get your bench straight now. Counterpoint, though. Yep. You also do not want to look at the waiver wires and see that some team just dropped all their players. Correct. Because 
then you have, oh, there's four or five star players from that team that are now available that are going to drastically alter the entire outcome of those playoffs. Not That's not okay either. You no. have to, even if you didn't make it, be an adult, or okay, it's children can play too, but you know, be mature enough to have respect for your fellow team owners and let it play out normally. I'll say, I, I told you this, I hated going up against a guy who literally played his running back, his his defense, oh, and yeah. his kicker. Because you wanted to earn your spot in the playoffs. Because I did. I, I And I got my spot, but I'm like, now he'd been doing it for weeks, which is, I guess, okay, but realistically it's not. No, not at all. Absentee ownership is not okay. If you're and, not going to play, don't sign up. Don't agree to own a team. And that's what, and that's what, and that's the point we're going to get to is is play the whole season. Play with pride. I, I say play with pride. Play one through 13, and then even if you're in the consolation ladder, my 12 team, I'm in the consolation ladder. I'm going to play through. Oh, Why? Yeah, set, yeah, set a lineup. Play, that's what I do. Yeah. That's what I do. And you have to think of it this way. In our, in our in-person league, we have a live draft. We have interaction. We know each other. It's fun. It's exciting. It's competitive. And, and we give out a championship belt to the winner. Um, they can take their picture if they want. They can have it for a day if they want. You don't get that with just joining a league. Now, we just joined a league just to do it for fun, but for our in-person one, we we enjoy the competition. We enjoy having that group. If you can't prove that you can play an entire season, no one's going to ask you to come back. No, not at all. If I get an email from one of these guys in the other leagues that I play with, say, hey, you know, I'm starting this league – I see you played the entire season. I see you took it seriously each and every week. I want to start this league, a private league, on uh, whatever website it is. Do you want to join? I'll say absolutely. Because then that's a person that's a person that's taking it seriously and sees that I take it seriously each and every week. And that's what you should do. I mean, it's fun, but you also need to play the whole way out so people will take you seriously so that when – when you have that opportunity to win a championship, you can actually be prideful about that championship. And you have to look at everything from the people you're playing with to who's actually running the league also. Right. Like, I happen to be the commissioner in our league. And I started this league because – well, actually, I should rephrase that. The league is what it is now because of issues we had when we first started. Right. We had three people who – one guy was on the cusp of a playoff spot. Two guys were totally out of it. And one guy decided that he wanted this guy who was on the cusp to make the playoffs. So he benched his entire team. And the other guy traded him his two best players for yep. essentially bench spot players. Yep. Ready for the deadline. And when I asked them what they were doing, what they were up to, they were... They were just laughing about it, like, ha oh, yeah, we're going to win the championship now. And I'm like, we're going to win the championship? We? You were all working together now? You're colluding? No. No. And they were promptly eliminated eliminated from the league, and we brought new people in the following season. Yep. You can't let that stuff fly. You want it to be fun, but people have to feel like they're not being cheated. People, you want you want an entire group of people to feel like they all have a chance. Absolutely. Because if you have people colluding... And, and it's it's a false championship. And you need to make sure if you're playing. Some leagues don't pay for anything besides pride. We do have a buy-in in our league. 
Make sure your leagues pay out. Don't put your money down to somewhere where you don't know if when the end of the year comes, if you win something, if you're not going to see that money. Right. It's not. Remember a situation, a league I had through one of my jobs years ago. Yep. You were in the championship game. You should have won a, a pretty decent chunk of change, and you never signed any of that money because the guy who ran the league didn't know what he was doing, didn't know his ass from his elbow, and did not – he couldn't follow through with anything. All of his buddies just did whatever they wanted to do. Right. There were no rules. There weren't really nothing. I mean, people were just dropping good players to try to affect playoff matchups, and that's actually – that's why we started our own league. Yeah. Why I run it the way I do. I like the group we have now. I don't have to say anything. Every everybody everybody is respectful. Mm-hmm. They know how to act like an adult. They know even if they're out, they're not doing do anything to uh, affect the outcome of other games. Yeah, and that's all I ask. And respect it's, the process. And there's so many checks in this league that nothing could happen. Like you don't have to police it so much to the point where it's almost. I don't want to correlate to a locker room, but you could correlate it to a locker room where you have a head coach and that doesn't really need to do checks and balances and in the, in the, doesn't need to hold that, right. that team meeting. Right. You have players that are checks and balancing each other. So there's there's enough in, in our league, and I get it. It's only eight teams, and maybe someone out there is in a 10 team and someone is in a 12 team, and they have this, oh, well, you, you it's easier in eight league. Yeah, but we also – only want people in that league that care enough to play out the entire season. Because year in they, and year out. Yes. They know the next year things could flip. That they could be in they could be in the, the league going the, the lead going into the playoffs and they could win the championship. It's not the same person or same two people at the top of the 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 list every single year. Okay, now we've gone through that. Right. How do you go about setting your lineup so uh, I can get secrets before our matchup and try to defeat you? So I'm trying to. I'm going to try to guard my lineup as much as I can at this point because I am facing the person that's right across from me. Who, by the way, has a juggernaut. I know that's and that's the scary part, folks. Is that you can stare in the belly of the beast and look and say, "Oh my God, I have." To face Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey, and Julio I mean, Jones, and Cooper Cup, right, and Adam Thielen. I mean, it's it's uh, just looking My at worst those, player is George Kittle. Just looking at his lineup, it's just scary. Now I have my roster too, so I have to look at the matchups. I need to see, you know, you're looking you're looking for those teams that are facing like you're looking at your defense. You're looking for a team that's facing the Bengals. You're looking for a team that potentially is facing the Jets. Or the Dolphins. Now, if you have a stout defense, go with it. Um, but if you've been streaming your defenses, that's what you're going to look for. Uh, your quarterback play, you almost it, – it can be a gamble. If you face a team that you know is going to get blown out, but you still have a, it's a decent enough quarterback that can throw up numbers. Like I had Kyler Murray playing this past weekend. He w- he should have gotten more points, but he d- was able to redeem my weekend somewhat by having a respectful amount of points because of garbage time. 
Yeah, garbage time saved you this weekend. As far I as mean, I, I still lost, but with that particular pick, I mean. Well, yeah, yeah. but it it te- it it's inherently important for you to look at your matchups and see. Okay, I can take a I can take a calculated gamble, not just a gamble, a calculated gamble on this quarterback facing uh, a decent defense, but is going to put up points or a decent offense. That's you know if, if there's an offense you're facing that's going to run away with it. If 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 Houston's clicking, and they they can put up points, and if they're facing um they're facing Denver. It's possible that Drew Locke can go out there and light up the Texans' defense because Tom, Tom, this weekend was absolutely nothing, and then all of a sudden, yeah, halfway, qu- yeah, halfway through the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, all he, of a sudden, he started he, killing it. Yeah, he jumps to like thirty points. Right. It's like it could happen. So that's what you have to look at. I think the most important thing, also, is to know your own team. Right. Know know what you're dealing with. Like I, you know, I made jokes about you know having the juggernaut and how you know Ben Ben was in so much trouble, and I, I believe in my team. I have great players, but my that same team, due to usually injury circumstances or bye weeks, which is the same with a lot of teams, mm-hmm. did lose five games. Granted, two of those were by a combined one point eight points, which I still cannot believe against the same team. But you know, but know what you're dealing with. Like, I have every confidence. I'm not going to go out there in our game and try to reinvent the wheel with my team. Right. I have Lamar. I have Christian McCaffrey. I have um, in my second play, my second running back spot, I have Nick Chubb. I, you know, I have a litany of talented receivers. I, and I have uh, Miles Sanders and Devin Singletary on my bench just in case I'm to get hurt during practice. Right. I'm not messing with that team. I'm not making any ad drops. That's my team. That's what I'm rolling with. Right. My other league, I have a 12-team league. I don't. I'm in. I'm not the commissioner of that league. I'm the number eight seed. And the team I'm playing is exactly what I am in our league. It's He's the juggernaut. He's the number one seed. In all reality, I'm going to get crushed. Right. Because his team has just been clicking on all cylinders. It, it's crazy what he's doing. But I'm still going to set the best lineup I can. I'm not going to give up. Right. Back to your point about checking the waiver wire. Two weeks ago, somebody released Austin Hooper. I picked him up. Haven't been able to use him yet because he's been injured. But I know my team's going to struggle in certain areas. I'm struggling to score points. Why not go out and get a tight end that could end up putting up, you know, 15 to 20 points? Yeah. And especially potentially put me over the top in this game. I don't have any – I really have had – a lot of trouble figuring out how I'm going to attack this. I also went out and picked up James Washington. Huh. Not a huge pickup. No. If it was the beginning of the season. But right now, considering how he's clicking with uh, uh, Devlin, Hobbs. Devlin Hodges. I keep calling him Duck. I want to call him Duck. I don't want to call him Duck. He's clicking with Devlin Hodges. Looks like he could be a pretty, you know, pretty potent addition to my team. I picked up Darius Geis a few weeks ago. Like these are guys who, if you if you drafted them in the first couple of rounds of of a uh, um, of a draft, you'd go, oof, okay. But when they're what's left on the waiver wire, right? I know in this game I have to throw up a hail mary. I have to put out there. I have to put out. I have to put Darius Geis out there. I have to hope that he goes for one fifty and a touchdown, maybe two. 
I have to put Hooper out there and hope he catches 10 passes for 100 and a touchdown. Will it all happen? Very, very unlikely. But that's what I have to do because I have to know my team. My team is not good enough to go out there with just what I drafted and beat this guy. You have to know your team. And if you sit there and try to tell yourself this team that put up 85, 90 to 100 points all year, depending on what your scoring system is, is going to go out there and all of a sudden be a juggernaut because it's round one of the playoffs. No, you're going to make a quick exit. Right. You have to know. You have to not be too proud and know you have to make make extreme moves and take chances. I would have never dreamed that when I did as much research and, and, and you know went through all these scenarios in my head in the beginning of the season, I'd have to depend on Darius Geis and James Washington to but, go off and have a big game in order for me to continue in the playoffs. But you might. But that's where I am. And I have to be knowledgeable enough to know that what I drafted just didn't click. It didn't pan out. I had to make those adjustments. Right. My team is not pretty. Kirk Cousins is my quarterback. That's not great. That's no, Minnesota. It's not. But it's but what I have. Enough. And I have to hope he goes out and throws for 303 touchdowns. Well, as long as you have a plan going into the playoffs, you can be proud of what you're doing, even if you get blown out. Um, and you, you, what you also need to do, this isn't just focused on one week. This is the entire, the entire playoffs, whether it's two weeks or four weeks. Focus on the actual playoff picture. Yes. Because we went over week 17 and our issues with week 17. There could be a team that's done week 15. Now they're – I don't want to say they're going to sit players for two weeks, but do you, if you have Lamar Jackson and they lock every, – everything's locked up week 15. You don't think RG3 is going to get run in the second half of week 16 and possibly the whole game of week 17? Yeah, they're going to run Lamar out there for a series or two just to save face and then they'll put him on the bench and, right. and if, hold the clipboard. And you make the, you make the championship game – and now you you and you bail, and let's say as I've done this, I've bailed on on backup quarterback for the entire playoffs before. I've lost and I've won. This is a decision you have to make. Is that are you are you confident enough with the quarterback you have that you want to start? Will he play all two weeks or all four weeks to help you get the championship? Because if you have someone like Lamar. Drew, Tom, Mahomes, you got to look at 17 and say, I might need to have somebody on the back burner. And if you wait until week 17, you're going to struggle. Yeah, you're going to be starting Phillip Rivers, and nobody wants that. Or you're going to be starting Drew Locke or David Blow. You're gonna, or whoever, you might, it, you yeah. might even have to start Tom Brady's backup or RG3. Tom Brady's backup is Jared Stidham, and you don't want a rookie to no. You don't want to try to win in your championship with a rookie. So that's why you have to be paying attention to the playoff picture itself. You should have your you should have your bench all set up already, and make your adjustments as you go. But you need to have that plan in place in case week seventeen or even week sixteen, you have a team that has that has everything locked up. They have nothing to play for. Which is why I know it's crazy. You got to start looking at the, the bottom feeders. 
all the, the teams at the top of the draft. You're 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 one through fifteen. Why? Because these guys aren't playing for the playoffs. They're playing for a job next year. Oh right, absolutely. That's why I like guys like James Washington and Darius Geis. They're safe. They're, well, they'll, I mean, they'll be playing. Pittsburgh's still fighting for a spot. But yeah, they are. But, but Washington, Darius Geis needs to. He needs to show them they didn't waste the draft pick. And he needs to show that he's healthy. And someone like uh, Winston, he he, give it up, people. Unless you're in a, like a a four team league, Winston's already been going off the waiver wire. But if he happens to be there, that's that's kind of the player you're looking for, a competent quarterback that's putting up points that you know is not going to make the playoffs, but yet you can ride him potentially. For the playoffs. The only danger in that is as soon as any, any kind of minor injury happens, they're done. Right. Like I said, with with, with who, the Julio Jones, Adam Thielen thing, Vikings are still fighting for a playoff spot. They're going to get Thielen back. They're going to be careful with him, but when he comes back, he'll be good to go. Right. And he's going to play hard, and he's going to play the whole game. Julio Jones might be a different story. Right. If he's not 100%, if he's kind of shaky, if he is only a partial participant in practice on Friday – he may not see a lot of time. I, even if he plays, I may have to take the chance and just not play him. Right. Because, because is, is it worth the risk of in a playoff game after my team being good all year of starting him and having him, I don't know, play three or four snaps? And then he's and out. come up lame. And then he's done. He's done for the game. And it's, oh, man, well, there's a star player who isn't getting me any points. And in the playoffs, just like in regular playoffs, every point matters. And you, especially in a a two week setup, you may be behind by twenty, thirty points, but if your opponent misreads something and he gets an injury or he misplays, and a team is going to sit their quarterback or this person for two, three weeks, which I don't know why they would do, but the scenario can be out there, and you have your roster and your bench is set. To make that move, now you can make that push in that second week. Mm-hmm. So you need to be very clear on going into the playoffs, your starters, your bench, what the waiver wire looks like. Because if you look at the waiver wire, I looked at my 10 team today. I was going to do a little, you know, my move this player, maybe move it. No, no. I'm like, I got what I want on my bench. I got what I want on my starters. I'm going to ride with that in my 10-team. 12-team, I did a little play, because also I'm on the consolation ladder. But if it's not there and you have players and it's fully healthy, go with what you have. But be, be to your point, be confident in your roster that you've constructed. Yeah, be confident in your, in your construction of your roster. Know your team. Don't be too proud. And if you have to take chances, if you're the, you know, Four, five, six, one of the bottom half of the seating. Mm-hmm. Take some chances. I am. I'm, I'm throwing out there. I'm, I'm in my twelve team league. I'm throwing out every possible. I mean, my projection is super low because the guys I have are James Washington, Darius Geis, um, you know, Sony Michelle, who hasn't been great, but he could go out and be the guy who gets three goal line carries and gets three touchdowns Sunday. And now you. And now all of a sudden, I have a guy who hasn't been doing anything who got me twenty plus points. Right, and that that can you get a couple of those guys, and that's going to make your week, and that could send you into the next round. Right. 
Well, speaking of players, I think we've talked about that about as much as we can. Right. So let's move on to Banker Tank for cool. week 14. Week 14. And who you got a quarterback? Well, now, actually, you know what? Let me, let me, let's, let's, let's set this up a little bit. Okay. We, you know, Ben is nice enough to put together the Banker Tank post each week. Yep. Telling you guys who we picked. Yep. And we've been doing okay. You know, we've had some good weeks, some bad weeks, some in-between weeks. Yeah. So we were challenged by... We were challenged by Jonathan. Yes. Who said, I don't know hey, if I, I don't know if he wants me to say his last name. I'll just say Jonathan. You know who you are. He, he, he suggested that we reach on all picks, not just one or two. Yeah, because he, he suggested that I... Now he was he 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 parses words. He did say lately, and I think he was directing it more towards me, not so much you. But he said lately we've been our our we've been mixing our our picks up. But he said there's a lot of weeks I was going chalk. I looked back. Yeah, that's a fair assessment of what I did. I thought I was being a little diverse, but I could see where he was seeing that I was a little chalk on my picks. So he challenged us. He said, "Make make bold picks. Make some bold picks." I think we okay. did that this week. We both were more than happy to uh, not only accept the feedback, but to do that and kind of make some picks. You guys, they, they seem kind of gross, <laughs> but uh, we we took some chances, yep. and uh, we're going to start now. So go ahead, Ben. Uh, I'm going to go with Drew Locke, quarterback, Denver Broncos against Houston, coming off this big win against the Patriots where they shut the, where they shut them down for three and a half quarters. I, I give it that the Texans don't have a great secondary and they're not great against the pass, but it is a rookie. You now have film on this rookie. I think they're going to go up, and, and it's at home in, in, in Houston. So he's going on the road. This is his first road game. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some faith in, in Drew Locke and say he's going to outperform the Houston Texans secondary. I am going to go with my bank quarterback, David Blow, Bloof, Block, Block. I think it's Block. I've heard like four different pronunciations. Eh. Anyways, the third string quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Yep. Due to injuries, now the starter against the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh. He showed some things last week. He did. Against a very good Barry team, by the way. Yeah, that's not their their defense is not the shake a stick at. No. So, and considering he's the third stringer coming in, who probably didn't get a whole lot of reps in practice, he did pretty well. I think he can honestly, honestly do this. And here's here's the thing too: we didn't just wildly pick no. six random people, three bang, three tank, and say, okay, we're going to throw these out there because it's outlandish. We actually believe in all these picks. Yeah, they're not. We wouldn't be our first choice, but since we were, you know, challenged, tasked with make some more bold selections. Yeah, we did just that. So I think David Bluch <laughs> will will bank this week. Okay. I'm going to go on my running back. I'm going to go James White. James now, White. if you know, if, if you, if you're on the outside, you don't do fantasy. You'll think James White. Oh, he's a key part of the offense. He's a cog. And that's not really a stretch. James White's not, he's not inconsistent. His touches are inconsistent. Each and every week they're inconsistent. Which is the problem with any Patriot. On, right. Oh, and, and, and up fantasy. and down the roster, any Patriot. Any Patriot in fantasy. So, but they're facing Kansas City, and I think he's going to be an integral part of the offense because I don't think 
and I may be wrong, I don't think they have an answer for James White unless they try what Houston did and throw a corner on them because I think they're going to try to put Tyron Matthew on it, which I don't think is going to work. So I think this is a big week for James White, especially when you will have all the pieces for Tom. And I believe they're starting to take some hits on that D-line again. Not 100% sure, but I believe they're going to they're, they're starting to take some hits on that D-line. So I believe I believe in James White this weekend. He tends to have off weeks, but I don't think this is one of them. I'm going to go with my running back, Kenyon Drake of the Arizona Cardinals against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been very inconsistent. And again, I think that's more the product of the game plan and his touches, seeing as they have kind of three running backs they are kind of shuffling between between injuries and just playing time right. in Arizona. But when he's touched the ball, he's looked very good. And I think you can run on this defense, and Kyler's going to be able to run around in the pocket. He's going to be able to, get, you know, Drake's going to catch some passes. He's going to get some runs in. I don't think he's going to have 150-yard and three-touchdown rushing day, but considering his uh, point projection, yep. which is our criteria here, uh, I think he can more than be bankable. And you have the offense and defensive player of the year in that game. Yes, yeah, you're right, we do. So that leads me to my receiver, which I will piggyback on your pick by picking Christian Kirk. I think I think Kyler Murray would have been a little too easy pick for this week, but I think Christian Kirk is a home run on this one. I don't think Joe Hayden will be able to match up with him, or I don't think they'll put Joe Hayden on him. They'll go with the other corner, which I have no clue right now off the top of my head who it is. But I believe in, uh, and I don't think they'll put Mika Fitzpatrick on him because they want him in the slot in the middle of the defense causing that havoc that he's been doing since he got there. I think Christian Kirk's going to be on the outside. He's going to try to get those deep balls that from uh, Kyler Murray. I think he's going to bank. I believe in Christian Kirk this week against Pittsburgh. I am going to go for my receiver, Philip Dorsett. Ooh, Philip Dorsett of the Patriots against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this Patriots offense is going to get better each week. They had some key key guys come back, and everybody seemed to think the minute they came back, and I fell into this trap too, the minute they came back, all of a sudden, they're going to be a 30-point, 40-point offense again. Just doesn't work that way. No. Reality set in the last couple of weeks with a very poor offense. Actually, more like the last a month and a half to two months, the offense hasn't been great. It's been all defense. But I think Wynn's going to get more integrated on the offensive line. Uh, you're going to have um, Nikhil Harry is going to be a more valuable part of the receiving game. And all these other guys who are coming back, oh, including Dorsett and Mohamed Sanu, are going to get adjusted and are going to settle into their roles and are going to be a much, much better and more efficient. Yeah. I see Dorsett having a big game. This is just, just – to me, just screams big game because they're going to take their best players. They're going to put them on Edelman. They're going to put them on James White. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're going to stop those guys. Those guys are very, very good. But it's going to leave Dorsett. I, I see this being one of those games where Dorsett has like four catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns. Like he, It's just one of those games I see it happening. You can get big plays on Kansas City's defense. Absolutely. Even the Patriots to this point have not been a big play offense. This is still the same team, essentially, that won the Super Bowl last year. They know how to play. Tom Brady has not forgotten how to throw the ball. 
They have not forgotten how to block. They have not forgotten defense. They just have to settle in and get more integrated. And I think this week is going to be a good week for Mr. Philip Dorsett. Okay. Now the downside. Yeah, well, where there's bank, there is always tank. I'm going to go quarterback. Is going to be Matty Ice. He's your favorite. No, he's not. Matty Ice. No, he's not. Um, You've always loved Matt Ryan. With this pick, now, on the surface, you might think he's not great this year. He's thrown up some, some pretty statistically good games. He's not great for the Falcons. Right. But fantasy, for fantasy, fine. he's fairly consistent. He's also, if you check the um, projections, at least in our league, he is the second highest projection quarterback for the for the this week against the Carolina Panthers. And I will add on to that: these Panthers are playing for their job. Yeah. Uh, if there's a if there's a group of players that are playing for their job. These these Carolina Panthers, with the exception of one guy. Who's that? Uh, CMC. A lot of these guys are playing for their job, proving whether this team or some other team is going to come off of them a contract when they get released or if they don't get resigned. So, Matty Ice, I think this is a bad week for any quarterback to be facing the Panthers. I think this is... This is going to be a statistically bad week for Matt Ryan, and it's just not a, if, especially if Julio's not going to play, and if Austin Hooper's still out, it's just not going to it's not going to look pretty. My tank quarterback is Deshaun Watson. I against Denver. Okay. I believe Denver first of all can get to the quarterback better than the Patriots can, if as long as they have Von Miller. Yeah. Which he didn't play last week. Okay, well that's seven days later, so right, we'll see. True, just um, as a caveat. He's also I don't think ever missed a game before last week. So all I'm saying is he'll be on the field if he can play. Right. But I mean, the do, Texans. Do you, the Texans have looked very bad at times this year. And also. do you think there's going to be that that drop off? It of could be. Yeah. The, Almost we, like the hangover from we the Patriots. We just beat game. the Patriots. Yeah. And they're going against a Denver team who, on paper, you should destroy. But, I mean, Denver can play defense, and their offense has been getting better. I mean, they're not a great team. I'm not trying to say all of a sudden they're going to be a playoff contender. But, you know, they're not a team you can just go into and half-ass it and expect to walk out with a win. And Texans have fallen asleep at really? certain times this year. Did they? They didn't even show up against Baltimore. Uh, I was going to say, I, I didn't, I'd never seen them fall asleep unless it was last week. That's right. In the fourth quarter, they... Yeah. Just went, they just hit the snooze button and went back to sleep. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think they'll win that game. Right. But Watson's not going to be out there flinging around the ball like he was against the Patriots. They were so high up for that game. Everybody everybody was on, you know, alert 10 for that game that there's going to be a letdown. And Watson will be okay, but he's not going to hit his projections. So I think he's going to tank. Okay. Well, I'm going to go an equally dynamic player on my tank running back. I'm going to go Alvin Kamara against San Francisco. And it's this one's paint by numbers. San Francisco's dominant defense. 
even though they they didn't have yeah they didn't have D Ford last week. I believe they'll shut him down, and the linebacking core is more than suitable if they choose to put the linebackers on him, which I wouldn't personally. I put one of your. I would do. I would mirror what the Texans did for three quarters, and that's put a corner. As long as you have enough corners, put a corner on Alvin Kamara to cover him. And I think that's what you're going to do. And he's proven this year, unfortunately, that he either is injured or they're trying to underuse him until the playoffs. I'm going to go with, for my running back, Mark Ingram of the Baltimore Ravens against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Oh, So you're going to have a Bills team. Yep. That much like the Ravens is extremely hungry to win. They want to prove something. They're still in the uh, division race. They are very much in a division race, especially after last week's Patriots choke. And that's a team that Buffalo is kind of like Baltimore light. <laughs> yeah, I mean Josh Allen is not Lamar Jackson. No, but Josh Allen can make some plays. Josh Allen can move. Josh Allen can run. The Ravens are going to have problems containing Josh Allen. So if the, if the Bills get out to an early lead, they can play defense. They're at home. That crowd is going to be out of their mind. They can do what the Baltimore Ravens do. Exactly. They can just get at the lead and just wear on you and wear on you and yes. wear on you. And you're and this is for any and this is why uh, Patriots beat them a lot. And there's a lot of, why a lot of teams have beat them over the years is that they'll make those mistakes. I think there could be with the way both of those teams can control the ball. And take time off the clock. You could see a record low number of possessions in that game. Could you see just double or single digit score? I think it'll be a good amount of scoring, honestly. Oh yeah, I think so. Uh, Baltimore's defense is good. They're not great, but I think Buffalo's defense overall is better than Baltimore's. Yeah, but Baltimore's offense is far more dynamic overall than Buffalo's. Right. But anyways. I don't think Mark Ingram's in his projections because I think they're going to be. I think Buffalo is going to jump out to a lead in this game. I really do. Mm-hmm. And when they do, I mean, Mark Ingram will still be involved, but it's going to be Lamar scrambles, Lamar throws, Lamar scrambles, Lamar runs. Okay, here's a, you know, Lamar's going to fake a run, throw to Ingram, five, six yards. And Ingram has never, ever been a big part of the passing offense no. in New Orleans or now in Baltimore. No. so That's more... Gus Edwards kind of realm and also a little bit of Justin Hill, Justice Hill. Uh, but even more so, it's more the three tight ends they have with uh, uh, Hollywood Brown touch, touched in there. Yeah, but I, I just don't I, don't I don't see Ingram being as involved this week just due to the fact that they're not going to have as many possessions and they're going to – I think they're going to have to score whenever they get the ball. And, and you're not going to be you're not going to be able to sit there and say we're going to hand it off to you three times and we're going to run with Lamar and it's it, the game plan is not going to dictate a big game for Mark Ingram. Who you got for receiver? Allen Robinson going against Dallas. I think Dallas is going to shut the, shut down Chicago. Now that's not a stretch because Mitchell Trubisky or Mitchie is terrible. Mitchie three picks. Mitchie three picks is a terrible terrible quarterback. You have to improve to be bad. Um, they're fighting for not only their their playoff life, their jobs. They're they're playing for their coach's job. They, 
they have maybe they should just take a knee and start again next year. <laughs> they still they still have Washington uh, Philadelphia on their heels, and as I pointed out, pointed this to you a couple days ago, Washington is in striking distance, which is crazy, but it's true. And there is a there is a mathematical way. I I tried to think of it for the Giants. Unfortunately, tiebreakers give Dallas the edge. There is a math equation that allows Washington to win the division. That's how bad both the Eagles and Cowboys so I, have played. I, I got to think Dallas is going to shut down the Bears' offense, and that is going to be Allen Robinson. You have to lay double coverage on him, sacrifice where you have to, but you got to lay double coverage on him, and you'll have a legit shot. Plus, if your offense is clicking, you're in good shape. But I, th- I don't believe I don't believe Dallas is going to let Allen Robinson beat them. My tank wide receiver yep. is as absurd as it sounds. Michael Thomas of the New Orleans oh Saints. God, are you kidding me? No. Uh, he said he said to go bold. I don't think he said crazy. No, man. No, he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle because the whole team's going to struggle. I'm not saying he's like you're not going to ever shut down Michael Thomas, right? But he's not going to go out there against San Fran with that defense, the way that line can pressure Drew Brees. Right, I know. And he's not going to get 15 catches for a buck 80 and two touchdowns. He's just not going to do it. Like he's going to struggle because the offense, well, not him personally. Right. I mean, Michael Thomas could catch the ball blindfolded in the dark with one hand behind his back, and he'd still be a Pro Bowler. But I just think this particular matchup, San Fran has to win. They're going to be embarrassed about the way they lost last game, even though they played a great game. They're going to be embarrassed isn't the right word. They're going to try to prove that they can hang with the big boys. Right. And one of those big boys is definitely the New Orleans Saints. Well, they're going, the, in, they're going into their house. They're going to want to show something. That line is going to be pressure and breeze all day. That running game is not what it used to be down there. Kamara has been a shell of himself. So they're not going to have a lot of time to run these routes and get that ball off. And Michael Thomas is going to struggle because of that. All right. Who's your game of the week? I went with Detroit at Minnesota. It could be fun. It's gonna be a fun game for one side. To start, to start, it'll be an interesting game. Uh, I like the concept. I like the idea of, of David Blog going in and and kind of torching Minnesota. Um, because underdog, I like that. I like how like I like how they're playing. They're open. They're and they did not. They did not on on Thanksgiving restrict the kid. They unleashed him because he threw. He he was throwing it left, right, up and down. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones had great games. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that they lost their uh, star uh, rookie tight end for the rest of the season. They're still without on Johnson, so the stack the deck is stacked against them. Uh, but I think Minnesota's going to win thirty to thirteen. All right, for me, I have a division game. Monday Night Football, I believe, two teams that don't like each other. I have the Giants against the Eagles. The Eagles, who apparently do not want to win the NFC East. They are doing everything they can to make sure the Dallas Cowboys can win it. The Cowboys are doing everything to make sure the Eagles can get it. And the Redskins are sitting there going, hey, guys. All right, so (laughs) Giants are going to want to play spoiler. Supposedly... Mr. Daniel Jones has a bit of an injury issue. Eli Manning may start this game. Oh, exciting. Eli's last hurrah. 
he would love nothing more than to knock off a, uh, a division rival on his last primetime game. And I think these division games are always close, even if the teams aren't good. I really think this could be a really, really fun game. Yeah. Especially being, you know, where the Eagles are playing for so much and the Giants just to go in and play spoiler and leave it all on the table. Could be a lot of fun. I think Giants win it 20-17. to 17. Oh, close game. I guess the Eagles are just really trying to give it up, huh? Yeah, they really, they really, they just don't want the division. They're like, no, we're going to stay home. We're going to have fun not being in the playoffs. There you go. And have fun. So Lane Johnson. That is a Lane Johnson um, theory. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our Banker Tank Fantasy Football Playoff Preview Show. Any questions, suggestions, ideas, feel free to hit us up and uh, let us know. And Ben, how can you do that? Well, they can go on Twitter, Ben Chris Talk F O one. You can go on Instagram, that's Ben underscore Chris Talk Football. And on Facebook, we are Ben and Chris Talk Football, where we're gonna be doing something fun this week. Uh fans suggested that we do a fan interaction banker tank. So I will have a post out about that. It'll be fun. All right, everybody, until next time, good luck in your game this weekend. And if you're not in the playoffs, be a good sport and feel the team anyways. And we will see you right here next time. Thank you.